is your flagship home for Columbus Crew Soccer. This is Inside the Crew. Here's your host, Chris Doran. And welcome to Inside the Crew. We're glad you're tuned in tonight. A 1-1 draw on the road at Toronto where the Columbus crew actually played well for large portions of the game and fought back after going down 1-0 in the first half. We'll talk about that game and we'll hear from head coach Wilfried Nazi in just a few minutes. We're also going to talk to Philip Quinton, the defender who has started now all three games, played the full 90 in each of them, and continues to adapt to the way coach Nazi wants that three-back line to play. He's done very, very well. I thought he had a very consistent game on Saturday night. So Philip in the offing here in just a few minutes. We'll also hear from uh, Steve Cangelosi of Apple TV. He's on the call this weekend. You'll recognize his name because he's been the longtime voice of the Red Bulls. Um, now with Apple TV, he's been assigned this weekend's game between the Columbus crew and the Red Bulls in Harrison, New Jersey. So a good conversation with him I'm expecting here in the next few minutes. It's uh, Inside the Crew, and it's brought to you by our friends at Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Columbus crew, and by Ohio Cat the official construction equipment provider of the Columbus crew. Well, coming off the draw and the desire that he saw from his team late in the game to get that second goal, perhaps, uh, head coach Wilfried Nazi, very proud of his squad post-game up in Toronto. We started well, and after that, we conceded a goal that we should have done better in terms of positioning, in terms of uh, how to, uh, to, uh, to defend well on that one. But after that, uh, we had a good discussion half time, and I show and I saw my player with a lot of personality, a lot of personality in the second half, and uh, and I'm really really proud of them because um, they they tried to score uh, the goal, but also the second goal, and uh, knowing that also that they have to defend well, and uh, not easy to play against Toronto as we know. But I'm really happy about what I've seen tonight in terms of spirit, mental aspect, and also what we propose also during the game. Columbus Crew head coach Wilfried Nancy following the match on Saturday night. A 1-1 draw. DeAndre Kerr getting the first goal for Toronto in the 25th minute. Just his fourth career goal ever. And then in the 75th minute... Second half sub, Jimmy Madronda receiving a lovely ball up over the top and chipped the goalkeeper. Aiden Morris getting the assist on that goal. More on that in just a little bit as we continue our coverage of the Toronto game on Saturday night. As you watched it or listened to it on the radio, it did seem like it was just chunks of time where it was all Columbus, like in the beginning. And then chunks of part of the middle part of the first half where it was all Toronto. And there was a lot of back and forth. It's all about the momentum and the ebbs and flows of that momentum a match that coach Wilfried Nancy is monitoring because he wants to see how his team responds when when they have the momentum and then how the team responds when they don't have it this is the game this is the moment of the, the momentum of the game so, so this is really difficult to have the momentum during part of the game so that's why the the idea is to uh, when we have the momentum to control it to go again to go front foot but when we don't have the momentum see it's to be composed and to be a uh, as a team, to be as a, as a group, and uh, to try to uh, regain the momentum. And uh, this is not easy. So again, what I like about it is because, uh, like you said, we started well, and after that we had a, a couple of minutes where we were uh, a bit in, um, in danger and difficulties, but it's normal. But the reaction of my team after that second half was really interesting, and we had the momentum again. So And we were close to score and to, to win this game. This is good. 
and uh, now it's can we can we be better? Is it possible to be better when we don't have the momentum? So this is something that we're going to work on. But again, physically, uh, I'm really happy because uh, again, as you know, I'm away game and uh, my players they pushed, they pushed, they pushed, and uh, so that's why it's, they did. Um, a really good uh, week of uh, work, yeah. but also the preseason, and this is uh, this is good. This is good, but this is only the beginning. So we'll see in the future. Following the one-one draw against Toronto, head coach Wilfried Nancy of the Columbus Crew, Toronto head coach Bob Bradley saw the same change in momentum. He said after the first fifteen minutes, he liked more of what his team was accomplishing against the Black and Gold. After about fifteen minutes in the first half, I thought we started connecting things quickly, uh, got a goal. By and large, most of the first half felt like we had good ideas with the ball, and I thought we were doing some pretty good things defensively in terms of being fluid in terms of stopping certain situations from them. So I felt good about that. Uh, first 15 minutes of the second half is a bit choppy, right? There's no real flow, but I still think it's okay. And then somewhere in there, you know, I think we let down a little bit. Uh, I don't think we did a good enough job of getting control of the game, getting up the field. In moments when we did get up the field and balls turned over, we weren't able quickly to either stop transition or run hard enough with enough guys back to, to deal with certain situations. So I would say that uh, um, from somewhere around, and, and, and then the goals come sort of out of nothing. Um, but by and large, I didn't think the second half was good enough. Well, the second half wasn't for Toronto because that's when second half sub uh, Jimmy Madronda came into the match. And he he hasn't even been on the game day roster for the first two games. He's back from injury. Madronda gets into the game, his 146th career MLS game, and proceeds to, I think, with his first touch. We'll have to qualify that with Philip Quinton here momentarily. But with close to what was his first touch... He decides to chip goalkeeper Sean Johnson and put uh, Columbus on the board to tie the game. Here's Madranda working in combination with Matan. Aiden Morris with a long ball over the top. Madranda's on the run. 1v1 with Johnson. Chips the keeper. And it's a goal for Columbus! The audacity of Madranda chipping Sean Johnson. Absolutely love it. It's uh, Madranda's 10th goal of his long career in Major League Soccer. It's the second assist for Aiden Morris in his career. Aiden Morris for his efforts on Saturday night, not just in the scoring effort, but in the game overall. What an outstanding performance. I think he completed 95% of his passes. Uh, Morris, with that uh, performance on Saturday night, ends up making the bench on Major League Soccer's team of the match week. Uh, Morris's second regular season assist of his career. Regular season, of course, because we all know where he got his... uh, assist in MLS Cup back in 2020. Um, Bob Bradley said that that goal in the second half by Columbus was actually a game changer. Prior to that, I I don't think that, uh, you know, I I said a second ago, the first 15 minutes was choppy, but you didn't feel like we were giving anything away. Um, And then somewhere in there around that goal, and then after, uh, I didn't think we were consistent with passes consistent with with the distances between players consistent with decisions so we we let too much get away from us the game opened up they were able to scoop up loose balls in the midfield switch the ball get at us from different ways and so you know at the end of the game uh you know we were we were trying to get regain control but we never really found a good way a couple moments 
getting forward, but not enough. Head coach Bob Bradley of Toronto FC and Columbus Crews head coach Wilfried Nancy was uh, was actually quite pleased to see his team in the last 15, 20 minutes. They looked poised to get a second goal. In fact, hit the post once and Matan wasn't able to get a rebound. Man, we came close once or twice there in the last 15, 20 minutes of that match. I like what I saw with my players after the game. They were in the local room. They were upset to shooting. And it's a good sign because, uh, yes, we were close to score the second goal. We had uh, really good opportunities. And uh, and again, they felt that uh, we could have done better in these situations. So that's why I was happy also to see uh, my player reacted like that. Now, um, as a coach, uh, this is a no-way game. And uh, I am really happy to, to see uh, the reaction of my, uh, not the reaction, the way that built the game. Because the first half, we didn't deserve to concede the goal like this, but we conceded the goal. And after that, uh, we kept pushing. And um, I think this is a, yes, a bit of disappointment because we had a lot of opportunities to score. But again, this is the way it is. But I, I am uh, my for my players. Wilfried Nazi after last Saturday night's 1-1 draw with Toronto. Uh, Coach also gave a shout-out to Jimmy Madronda. Knows how hard Jimmy's had to work back from injury the last couple of weeks and was finally able to make the game day roster. Happy for him because um, uh, it's a good rewards for him because he was, uh, he, he's been injured. He started well the season. After that, he's been injured. The preseason, sorry. After that, he's, he's been injured for a couple of times. So he was behind physically and... Um, and uh, he, he kept going in terms of uh, working physically and also technically and uh, tactically. And today, this is a good reward for him because uh, he did a really good week and uh, he came in and uh, he did uh, the run that he made was really interesting. And uh, after that, the composure to score this goal, this is Jimmy. So now he knows that he has to uh, keep pushing because he was uh, the, the, the tempo was high. So uh, he... He had a bit of difficulties to finish the game, but um, happy for him and happy also uh, for the team. Columbus Crew head coach Wilfried Nancy following the 1-1 draw. He was also happy about the numbers in the end. Remember last week he wasn't real happy with the D.C. United possession numbers? Uh, This week a little happier. 56% possession for Columbus to 44 for the opponent. Shots were 17-7. That's the lead for Columbus there. Four to three in shots on frame. Total passes, Columbus up around 500 and uh, Chicago, uh, Chicago, Toronto down at 400. Columbus's overall passing accuracy was at 84%. Aloy Room made two saves. Sean Johnson had to make three saves. As I said, the coach, happy with those numbers in the end. Oh, I was happy uh, uh, in terms of uh, the, the, the control, the tempo of the game. Uh, we had uh, yes, we have we, we have the ball and we had the opportunity to score and uh, we attacked the box. I think that we have seventeen shots again. Doesn't mean a lot of things for me, but for me, what I mean is uh, we were able to uh, to attack the box in a good way because we have the ball because we have the control of the ball and uh, we conceded few shots because we take care of the ball. So this is something that we have to. Uh, keep going, knowing that uh, sometimes the opposite team in one or two passes, they can attack us. But again, I like, I like what, I, what, I, what I saw in terms of um, 
try to uh, unbalance the opposition and try to be also aggressive defensively. Columbus head coach Wilfried Nazi. So a capper on that 1-1 draw against Toronto. We will talk to Philip Quinton here momentarily. Uh, get his take on it, hear what Coach had to say in the film room this morning. Guys were in uh, compete day mode today, so they were uh, revisiting the fight theme of uh, what it's like to be in a full-throated battle with an opponent like Toronto as they get ready for Red Bulls. They'll move into the tactical sessions beginning uh, tomorrow. The next crew home match is a week from Saturday, March 25th, versus Atlanta United at 7.30. Join us at Lower.com Field for the battle at the Death Star to cheer on the crew with all of your favorite galactic characters. Visit columbuscrew.com slash tickets for more information. Back in a moment on Inside the Crew. The only show dedicated to crew soccer. This is Inside the Crew with Chris Doran. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus Crew, the fan. Welcome back to Inside the Crew, presented to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Columbus crew. Philip Quinton has started all three games this season as the left center back, and he's uh, put in full shifts in each of those three games. He joins us tonight on the phone. Hey, Philip, thanks so much for being with us, and congratulations on the 1-1 draw over the weekend on a night that looked like it was too cold to play in a place that's never really friendly for the black and gold. Thanks. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting game. Um, a, A decent result. I think everyone's a little bit disappointed not to come away with the, all three points, but definitely lots to build off of. And um, always good to show some character and resilience on the road early on in the season. So that was positive. You know, under those circumstances, the fact that you had so much momentum in the last 15 minutes after that goal was scored um, really speaks a lot to where your everyone's heads were, you know, in the process of trying to finish that game out. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of the things we focus on as a group, both uh, kind of physically on the field and the way we train to make sure we're prepared to play a full 96, 97, whatever, however many minutes it is. Um, But then also mentally, kind of no matter whether it's a home or away game, we expect to win. We Our goal was to win. And um, I thought we showed that in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. And we're unlucky maybe not to find a winning goal somewhere in there. but. You know, you, you arbitrarily, I know I've heard coach say this too, that you guys are talking 96, 97 minutes. It's not a 90 minute game. You're absolutely right. In fact, you did have a full 20 minutes after the goal was scored because the, the game ended with five minutes of added time. In general, what was coach's feedback to the group this morning before you guys had out, headed out onto the field at Ohio Health Performance Center? I think it was positive overall. Um, I think there's a lot of good things to take away from the game. Um, I think the performance uh, showed that, but obviously it's a, a business of getting points and winning games. So I think that wasn't lost on any of us that the next step is to now turn a good performance into three points um, and to turn these good moments into 96 minutes of good moments. And I think we let it slip for a little bit during the game. So just trying to kind of tighten up some of those things and, sharpen up a couple things this week and hopefully have it ready to go for New York this weekend. Philip Quinton joins us on Inside the Crew. Center back on the left side, starting all three games and finishing uh, with 90 plus minutes in each of those games. You had a pretty good look at Aiden's chip and Madronda's finishing touch. What did you make of it? Yeah, it was a great goal. I mean, it was a great ball from Aiden. Good vision to see the kind of late run from Jimmy and then yeah, Jimmy 
doing what Jimmy does with a pretty impressive finish. So that was, that was awesome to see for him too. Who's um, obviously his first appearance with the team and he's worked incredibly hard all preseason and all season to get on the field. So yeah, it was a definitely deserved goal and deserved assist for Aiden as well. I, I don't mean to sound like we're beating this horse to death, but your team has consistently looked more comfortable progressively from week one to week three in this system that Wilfried Nazi wants you to play. Is that, is that a fair assessment? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think we knew from the onset that it was always going to be a matter of time with the group. You're trying to learn a new system uh, with new coaches and a lot of new pieces uh, and player wise too. And so for us, from the minute we got together in January, it was always about, yeah, we want to win week one, week two, week three, but we also want to build a foundation that is going to allow us to win come late in the season. And, and once we kind of really hit our stride in these first couple of months to start putting together really consistent performances. So yeah, I think it's definitely, we're happy to see that there's improvement each game and we're learning new things each game and kind of, sharpening up some of the details but it's definitely been something that we've yeah kind of been glad to see that we are picking up a little bit more each time black and gold center back philip quinton joins us on inside the crew you were born in columbus you grew up in portland however portland oregon right do you miss portland do you miss any part of that i do miss portland yeah yeah (laughs) it's very different i love i love living in columbus but yeah there's always i mean my family's there so of course i miss my family back home but there's definitely some aspects of the city and life there that I do miss a little bit. We got a road trip to Portland this year, don't we? We do. Yeah, <laughs> certainly one that's circled on the calendar a little bit. So <laughs> you and your Lots family members, yeah, you and your family members have got that circled. But then you come back to the Midwest and you play uh, at Notre Dame. You're in the starting eleven uh, for um, Coach Chad Riley right from the beginning. If I, if I read some stats correctly, right? Uh, soft from my sophomore year on. Yeah. Freshman year, I played a few games, but yeah, sophomore year on. Yeah. I've got, um, I'm, I'm looking back, um, in 2018, it was an NCAA tournament game at university of Michigan. You guys went to penalty kicks to solve, settle that game. You started that game. You were not one of the 11 guys who took penalty kicks for Notre Dame. However, the Irish won that game 11 to 10 on kicks from the penalty spot. You were not one of those 11 guys. How close were you to becoming the next guy up? if that challenge had continued into 12, 13, 14 kickers? Uh, I was not, I was not available to kick. So I played the whole okay. game and then college soccer, different rules. So you can sub in and out for penalty kicks without having played the game. Oh, gotcha. So I, I actually got subbed out for the penalty kick. So I was not okay. available to kick at all unfortunately but so we won the game so it doesn't matter <laughs> you did you did win the game in fact the the next weekend you went ahead and beat number 10 virginia i think if i read that correctly at home and, and that that's a huge game between you two because both those schools are in the acc if i'm not mistaken yeah correct yeah, yeah. um what did you think about playing for chad riley i covered him a little bit when i worked for the big 10 network he's a he's a pretty intense dude but he's a good coach yeah he's phenomenal i i uh uh, yeah, I owe a lot to him. He's he's done a lot for me in my career, both on the field, but also like developing me as a as an individual. Um, and so he's been a great role model for me, and I think he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah, uh, Sen- senior year, you're the captain of the team. You guys win the ACC tournament title, and you go on on a tear in the NCAA tournament, <laughs> and uh, end up losing, I think, in kicks from the penalty spot to Clemson 
in that semifinal. Boy, that must have been some memorable season for you. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. It was something I look back on fondly. It was, we had an incredible group, great group of guys, just wanted to get better and, and play play good soccer every day. So it was, it was so much fun. It was a great way to close out the career. Would have loved to finish it off with a national title, but sometimes it doesn't go your way. So, Right, super but, close, yeah. though. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, you are you a natural born leader? Because you you were you know you were a big voice on crew two last year. Um, I think I've grown into it certainly. Uh, I, I don't think it was necessarily something that came to me when I was younger, but I had I certainly had one coach that kind of told me that it was something that I, he felt I had in my skill set and tried to bring it out of me. And I think since then I've taken up leadership positions within teams. I think I've learned a lot. I certainly wasn't the best at it at the beginning. And still, I think I'm learning a ton on how to be an effective leader, but it's something I feel much more comfortable doing now. Yeah. Philip Quinton joins us on Inside the Crew. One of the center backs for the black and gold has played all three games and um, put in a full shift for each of the three games. Looking forward to your performance this weekend against the Red Bulls. Hopefully you have better weather in Harrison on Saturday night. Um, you were signed to crew two after your college career, after we, uh, you were chosen in the MLS draft at number 25. And um, you're a part of this like dream season for the very first MLS next pro league, where you've got the golden boot winner, the goalkeeper of the year. You guys are setting records left and right because it's the first season, but also because you're so successful. Was it sort of a dream season for you last year? Yeah, it was, it was certainly something special. I think, you have expectations going into the year and we certainly had high expectations and the club had high expectations for us, but I don't know if that's necessarily what anyone expected when maybe after game one or game two, but yeah, we had a great group that and a tremendous coaching staff that just kind of took it one game at a time. And it was, yeah, it certainly turned into a dream season. So it was pretty fun to be a part of. Yeah. Congratulations. And it was great to be able to capture that title at lower.com field in the uh, early fall last year. Uh, Last question for you, Philip Quinton, before we let you go, you and um, Milos and Steven have gone the full 90 in all three games. Do you get a sense that there's a bit of a brotherhood forming between the three of you? Yeah, I think, I I think certainly our relationship has grown a lot um, since the start of preseason. And it's not just the three of us. I think it's uh, every, like all the center backs in the back line. I think a lot of us are playing, new positions um and we're certainly certainly for stevie milos and i we've never played together before this season so i think we've put a lot of effort into trying to build a relationship between the entire back line and then i think there's so much knowledge and expertise on our roster that it's really easy to talk to guys and pick their brains about how to handle situations how to adapt to a new position so for me, they've been great at helping me do that, and I think that's helped our relationship a lot. That's terrific. Philip Quinton joining us on Inside the Crew. Hey, congratulations on the season, making the first team, um, and uh, now looking ahead to the Red Bulls. Good luck with your training this week and again with the game on Saturday. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Philip Quinton joining us on Inside the Crew. Coming up, Steve Cangelosi of Apple TV as we continue on Inside the Crew. 
the only show dedicated to crew soccer. This is Inside the Crew with Chris Gorin. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus crew, the fan. Thanks for joining us on Inside the Crew. At Wendy's, we're focused on what matters. That's why we've made our hamburgers square. When you want the best hamburger, square is the beef. Well, it was great talking to Philip Quinton, and thanks to Eunice Kim from the Communications Department for lining that up for us. Philip uh, was the topic of conversation last week when I was chatting with Aloy Room and trying to get a feel for where his comfort level is with that three-back system. Well, they play it in Holland a lot, so he's not unfamiliar with it. But he is still working on his relationship with Philip Quinton and talking with Milos, even though he worked with Milos a lot last year. And, of course, Stephen Marrera, too. Yeah, obviously, uh, uh, yeah, Phil, uh, I trained with him last year already. But, uh, no, we, we still we still adapting to each other. Um, Milos have a good connection with, you know, so that helps a lot. And he's, he's in the middle of the defense, so we try to organize uh, the rest of the, of the field. But uh, I have a good relationship with all the defenders, and Phil's a good, uh, good kid, and uh, he's working hard, and uh, he's open, open to learn, so that's also helpful. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a smart guy. You know, one of the things Aloy's got to do is keep track of those wingers as well. Uh, Mo Farsi on the right-hand side, and it was Yao Yoboa yet again on uh, Saturday night against Toronto. When the backs shift as a group, that wing back has got to be ready to come back to the weak side and sometimes make it look like a back four. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Because, like, for example, for Yao Yoboa, it's a new position, so he needs some help sometimes uh, adjusting his positioning, but... Uh, He's doing it really well, and uh, Mo the same thing, you know, a young player, but like uh, he's, he's playing really well too. Uh, I try to help out with my experience, and me and Milos uh, uh, try to do that. And uh, obviously, it's a little bit easier for Milos because he's, he can reach them better. But like, yeah, I try to help those guys on training and uh, share my experiences and, uh, and try to to make them better players. Columbus Crew goalkeeper Aloy Room, who through two games has just allowed one goal, Columbus at one one and one. On the season, ninth place in the Eastern Conference, matchup against the Red Bulls this weekend in Harrison, New Jersey. We'll have that game for you on 97.1 The Fan, beginning at 7 o'clock with the pregame show, the kickoff at 7.39. There's been a lot of talk about Wilfried Nancy's uh, principles of play in the run of play, uh, both offense and defense, and what he's looking for in terms of the press and where you turn a team over and the decisions you make as you manage momentum. We've talked about that even tonight. But one of the things we haven't talked about is set pieces, set piece attacking and set piece defending plays. So I asked him a little bit about that on the side. What's your approach? What are you looking for? Um, you know, how much creativity is there for the for the players and that sort of thing based on the situation? Here's what he had to say. So we have, um, I would say, almost uh, between eight and ten Animations, I would say, principle, I would say, or concept uh, for the set pieces. And uh, the idea is uh, depending on the opponent, the way they defend. Uh, again, the same way we want to hurt them. So we change uh, most of the time. Sometimes you can stay with uh, one or two, but most of the time we change because this is not the same way. Uh, the same way that they're going to defend. So offensively and defensively, this is the same. Defensively, we have a certain way in terms of position, but after that, we can adjust. So we can defend with 11 players on set pieces, or we can defend with only eight players and stay and leave two players up. It depends about what we want to do. Because again, set pieces now, yes, there is one phase. This is more the mental aspect. So for five seconds, you have to be focused. Defensively, you know that the ball is going to come, you have to be focused. 
But now the most difficult part, this is the second phase of the set pieces. So when we clear the ball, uh, if we clear the ball in a good way, yes, we're able to move up and uh, to, to attack. But if we don't clear the ball in a good way, we have to be good now tactically, but also mentally to be able to defend the second phase. And this is something that we, we put the focus because, yes, the first ball, okay, but the second ball or the third ball sometimes... A lot of teams concede uh, um, a goal on the second or second or third phase. So it depends. And offensively, it's all about also the structure, but the creativity within that. So we have a, um, the platform, we have the structure, depending the opposition. But within that also, we give the freedom uh, for the player to choose. If they feel something, they can try things. But we give them the platforms. I know where do they have to run. They know everything. But after that, it's all about their feeling. But they have to respect the plan. They have to respect the plan. But within the plan, they can do whatever they want if they see something different. Columbus Crew head coach Wilfried Nazi on set piece defending and attacking. When we come back from Apple Television and the MLS season pass, Steve Cangelosi previewing this weekend's matchup between the Red Bulls and the black and gold. You're listening to Inside the Crew. The only show dedicated to crew soccer. This is Inside the Crew with Chris Gorin. Proud to be your flagship station for the Columbus Crew. The fan. Welcome back to Inside the Crew. If you're listening tonight on your car or truck radio, please remember to uh, buckle your safety belt. This message brought to you by the Ohio Department of Public Safety. If you're not buckled up, what's holding you back? Black and Gold go on the road yet again this weekend to Harrison, New Jersey to take on the Red Bulls. Steve Cangelosi has been assigned to that game by Apple TV. He'll be the play-by-play man. Happened to be the uh, play-by-play man for the Red Bulls for many years in the regional sports network days. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, Chris. I'm getting to know the crew uh, pretty well in the early stages of this season. I actually called them for the third time in their opening four games this season, and it's been uh, wonderful to watch what Wilfred Nancy's doing with that club. So we go back to uh, the Philadelphia game, the 4-1 setback, and and I know you and your broadcast partner were both, Danny Higginbotham, were both sort of saying the same thing you know it it wasn't a 90 minute collapse columbus had the first half against philly a very good team uh, the second half they kind of let themselves down a bit it was understandable knowing what philadelphia is as a team knowing what the night meant to the union defending eastern conference champions nice crowd on hand and let's be frank columbus was hard done that night by a couple of very questionable uh, handballs that led to successful penalties by Daniel Gazdog. The thing that stuck out to me about the night was me interviewing Jim Curtin postgame that evening. And even he was saying, you know, so many of us in this league don't understand what a handball actually is anymore. But what particularly stood out was him saying, I'm glad we got the crew now. Because once they fully understand Nancy's system, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Steve Cancellosi joins us on Inside the Crew. Remember the Apple TV uh, broadcast team? He'll be on the call again this weekend. So you've seen them in the early evolution of this Wilfried Nancy, um, I guess, uh, soccer clinic is really what it is. It's really all about tactics. And I've seen a difference, although I'm a bit partial. I've seen quite the difference 
even just coming out of that game against Toronto over the weekend, what did you think? Uh, I think the the signs all point up for this club. Uh, again, they've had a tough schedule, I think, out of the gate, just in terms of going into the houses of other teams. They've been home once, and they've had the unfortunate uh uh, occurrence of playing two home openers for the opposing side. I don't think that's that's ever easy. What I think getting to know Nancy in these first couple of weeks since taking over with Columbus is that everything is about big picture with him. One of the things that stood out in one of my pregame conversations with him is when he said, look, I took this job because I was sold on it. Uh, by the vision that Tim Bezpachenko explained to me. This is someone whose roots are with the Academy in Montreal. And the thing that stood out to me is him saying, everyone wants to win. And this is somebody who coached a 20-win team last year with Montreal. But are we all on the same page about how we want to do it? And you can understand with Nancy. This is all about building towards something better in the latter stages of the season. I don't think he minds blemishes if there are a significant number of them, as long as he's confident that his team is adapting to the system and everybody buys into the big picture. He is so good at making players better as their careers evolve. Remember, with Montreal, six of his players last season were named to the Canadian World Cup team. I think you'll see a gradual improvement, by and large, with very young players like Philip Quinton, Mo Farsi, others, as we move along this season with Columbus. Steve Cancellosi joins us on Inside the Crew, a member of the Apple Broadcast team, longtime veteran broadcaster of not just soccer around the world, but also hockey as the voice of the Red Devils. Uh, and most recently with the Red Bulls as a full season broadcaster with uh, New York, our opponent this weekend. You're going back home to Harrison, New Jersey to uh, to call this one. Are you are you surprised that the Red Bulls haven't found a victory and really just one goal in the early going of this season? Yeah, they have scored once in their first three games. I remember last year after Lewis Morgan first came into the fold with them, Chris, they scored seven times in their first two games. And it was sort of a launching pad for uh, maybe this new era of Red Bull soccer. Of course, the offensive numbers died down a bit after that. Uh the situation over the weekend in Minnesota was impossible. Uh, if you've seen the game from start to finish, uh, I think with a better surface, they would have scored multiple goals easily in that game. Lewis Morgan had three quality opportunities to score in the first five minutes. And there's a number that stood out to me from that game. The teams combined for 26 shots. Only six of them were on frame. Everyone had great difficulty controlling in the uh, surface, which was poor. And Gerhard Struber uh, certainly made his feelings known about that. He called it unprofessional. He said this is something we should not be having at this stage in MLS. Um, I, I think they're playing a variation of the style that they've played over the years. High press. I think they'll come out of the offensive funk because I don't even think we've seen anything yet from the new addition, Dante Van Zier, who I suspect might get his first start for them this weekend when the crew come into Red Bull Arena. Steve Cangelosi joins us on Inside the Crew as we roll through uh, another work week and prepare for the match on the weekend. 
On Saturday night, Columbus on the road to take on the Red Bulls in Harrison, New Jersey. Steve and Danny Higginbotham will be on the call for Apple Television. How's the Apple Television package going for you? You're you're no longer uh, going to Harrison, as I mentioned, uh, on a week or every other week basis and following the team on the road. You're you're working in in a very different role, aren't you? Yeah, and it's different for all of the regional broadcasters from one year ago who are part of this project with Apple. Just as a frame of reference, I have my schedule for the first 10 weeks of the season as you and I have this conversation now. I'm doing the Red Bulls twice, and obviously I could, in theory, be anywhere in the country or anywhere in North America on any given weekend. So I understand what some of the fans miss. They miss the intimacy of that local broadcast. In Columbus, you guys had a wonderful team, I know. I listened to Neil Sika and Jordan Angeli on the telecast in Ohio uh, as much as I can, as much as I could, and they were excellent at what they did. And I think to a degree, a lot of fans around North America miss that. But I think as time goes along, all of us in this situation are going to gain the trust of uh, Soccer America uh, everywhere. And I think it will get to that point, hopefully sooner rather than later, when they start to view us as the comfortable old shoe, as they used to view, you know, Uh, the regional broadcasters for such a long time. This is the way it's going to be. And I think the encouraging thing is, Chris, out of the gate, I think we've put together some quality shows, some quality studio shows, and it's only going to get better. We're uh, in the very early stages of this. And I think if you can, in your mind's eye, uh kind of picture what this is going to look like and sound like once we have a decent number of reps under our belt and once we're into this project fine-tuning a lot of things i think the fans are gonna love it yeah i agree with you steve and and i'm glad to hear you say that i was i am treated every week when i come back from a game to the opportunity to sit down watch the late games watch the wraparound show and continue to stay in touch with the league rather than searching for highlights on social media. Uh, The whole package is just really well produced. And the fact that it's accessible from about five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday until the final game is done at night is really very impressive. And it's, it's handy for somebody who is, you know, maybe involved in several different teams or is a fan of a team that's way outside of a time zone. Um, It's also a really big, benefit to those of us who follow the league throughout the course of the year yeah and what i'm interested in seeing chris uh is the impact the global audience has uh as we move several years let's say into this project uh obviously people have speculated that you know a great player such as Lionel messi arguably the greatest of all time could make an arrival in MLS this summer. But whether he does or he does not, what I'm interested to see, since this is a global package, and right now what we're churning out on every match day goes to 108 countries, okay? Impressive. What I'm interested in seeing is, you know, the impact that MLS starts to have in places like Europe and South America and Asia 
What that does to elevate the product of MLS are more players in tune with what's going on in North America throughout the world. Are they more inclined to turn an eye towards MLS? Are their agents more inclined to turn an eye towards MLS when they look at that next step in a player's career? These are things I can't answer right now, but the global reach and the visibility that MLS has potentially with this deal is not lost on me. And I'm interested to see where we are as a soccer nation, how much stronger we might be two or three years into this deal. I think that's one of the real X factors that, you know, can really give us that rocket fuel that Don Garber talks about all the time as it relates to Apple and Major League Soccer right now. Steve, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Good luck to you and Danny on the call this weekend. Columbus on the road to take on the Red Bulls Saturday night in Harrison, New Jersey. I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Thanks for having me. And we'll have that game for you here on 97.1 The Fan, beginning at 7 o'clock with the pregame show. Tonight's Inside the Crew brought to you by Tipico Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the Black and Gold, and by Ohio Cat, the official construction equipment provider of the Columbus Crew. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday night, 9 o'clock on 97.1 The Fan.